Hello and welcome to episode I don't even know of Too Tough to Die. <laughs> it's been a long time since I, I did this and so I thought this would be more of like a gonna update you on everything that's been going on with me. Right now I sound kind of sick because I've had like a 103.8 fever a couple about 48 hours ago. I still have a mild fever but I took a COVID test it was negative um, but it was just the rapid one. So I'm not too sure if it was accurate or not. I don't really feel comfortable with it. I'm waiting on the PCR results. Uh, man, life, life has happened. Uh, that's what I've been up to. Had a, uh, man, busy, busy, busy. Four or five years, I guess it's been since I recorded. I think 2018 is the only year I ever made these. But I'm going to try to remedy that. Uh, Current updates, I'm working on a book. Uh, it's going to be called Mississippi Bastard. Uh, my mother will probably not like that title, but that's what it's going to be. Because it's cool. Uh, and it's just mostly about me. I've been writing it for maybe two, three months. And I've got 150, 200 pages maybe. They're not double spaced, so I'm really not sure. <laughs> i got to go through and fix all that. But it's more of a rough draft manuscript kind of thing that I'll edit and, and make a whole lot better. Uh, let's see, what, what all went down since 2018? So, I was working at the school, you know, I used to, I was a janitor and all that kind of shit, and it started weighing on me incredibly, uh, cause like my, my daughter was already there, and then she was starting to get to the age where she's a little more aware that her dad is the dude who takes the garbage out and cleans up the cafeteria and all that kind of shit. I mean, I was also a skilled laborer and fix things and, and do a lot of that. But that's all the kids ever see is you're the guy that takes out the fucking garbage. And I just couldn't live with it anymore. Um, it was really tearing at me. I had, I had to stop doing uh, open mics and stuff because I was having like real bad uh, social anxiety around the people. Uh, it seemed like um, I was putting too much of myself into it. And I wasn't getting negative reactions. Or, I mean, I'm, I'm funny, and, and these stories are crazy. So people reacted positively, positively to that. But I just uh, was pouring too much of myself into it and when my children needed my attention. Uh, so I decided to focus on them, and that was, you know, that's just what it is. Uh, you know, being... A father and a husband has always been my number one priority since I got out of prison. That's, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. Uh, but, so, crazy story at the school. I can, you know, there's a couple of wild things happened while I was working there. Uh, I got on this Batman kick. Like, uh, I mean, I'm always obsessed with Batman, but I got on this kick where I wanted to, to be like a cosplayer and have the full get up and everything. And I think it all stemmed from that terrible, terrible th thing uh, when I was the once when I was like four, four or five. I wanted to be Darth Vader, and my mom got me like a leotard and a freaking you know like gymnastics outfit with a half-ass cape kind of thing. And I was so embarrassed, and all the other kids were making fun of me and stuff. It was awful. Uh, so that was the first one. And then when I was like. Ugh, probably too old to be wearing a costume for Halloween. I was big into Ninja Turtles. And they were doing uh, 
this Halloween party at this girl Amanda's house. Uh, she's like the most popular girl in class and stuff. And they were having a big Halloween. And like you could go through, there was haunted woods. You could go through and they had like Jason out there with a chainsaw. But he used a machete, so it didn't make sense to me. But anyway, uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, my mom had handmade a Ninja Turtle costume for me. With my shell and everything. I mean, it was amazing. It was really cool. I, I mean, it was the shit. And I wanted to wear it. I was like, she was like, yeah, everybody will be wearing costumes. I said, is this a costume party? Yeah, yeah, they'll all be wearing costumes. They'll be wearing costumes. So I show up, my fucking homemade Ninja Turtle outfit, and goddamn, I'm the only motherfucker in a costume. And I was so embarrassed. I, oh, my God, it was horrible. Horrible. And then I took, like, the shell and the mask and all that kind of shit off. But I'm still wearing, like, this green kind of crushed velvet-looking material <laughs> jumper. A one suit, one thing, it zipped up in the back <laughs> or in the front. I can't remember. Yeah, the front, maybe. I had to wear that the whole time. And I wouldn't do the haunted hayride because I could hear the kids screaming in the woods and stuff. And it freaked me out. I was very timid back then. So, I think it all stemmed from that. And, like... My philosophy in this life has, you know, not always been, but is now, that if there's something I'm a, I have a fear of or an aversion to, I've tried to push myself toward it to, to overcome that. Uh, I don't know why, and I think it all, pro well, I do know why. It stems from that kind of stuff. And, like, that embarrassing thing with the girl when I was, like, seventh grade, the whole school was laughing at me and shit, that kind of stuff. So trying to overcome that. That's why I go on stage. I just, all from that, from being just pointed and laughed at. Now I'll fucking make you laugh. So, <laughs> don't mean to be aggressive about it. But anyway, I say but anyway a lot too. I need to work on this stuff. Uh, that's what part of this is. It's just me working all this out through a podcast and through I'm doing YouTube videos. If you want to check me out, I should have done that at the top. Feloniousminch.com. Uh, the same thing on YouTube, just search Felonious Mitch, and I'm just doing the DUIs right now, uh, and I'll, hopefully when I get like a recorded set, and stuff like that, maybe I'll post that up there after I've sent it around, I'm trying to get, like, I really want to become full-time author, comedian, a job, man, so anyway, let's, let's get you caught up first before we get there, uh, I started doing this Batman thing, so the first time I did it was pretty embarrassing, like, I was wearing a Ruby's uh, uh, Christian Bale Batman mask and, like, just a Batman t-shirt with the fake abs and shit like that and uh, just black waiter boots that I got from Walmart, just really cheap looking. And I went out in front in the gym in front of the whole school and did this <laughs> this bullshit. And, like, on Halloween one time, I showed up with like as, like, a biker version of Batman with, like, a biker vest, and I, I evolved the costume over time. But it was so homemade looking, and I don't know. They still liked it. Kids don't give a shit. Maybe the older ones will give because it goes from, like, pre-K all the way to eighth grade. So the older kids will give you a heart that's like, oh, look at the janitor dressing up like Batman. So stupid. But fun. I don't care. Uh, what the fuck do I care about them spoiled kids? So, uh... I eventually built like a legit costume. I got a, a, a bodysuit made and uh, got a really nice cowl and a cape 
and some, you know, like the full costume. And then then came to work like that. Like, <laughs> I spent a whole day. Well, I mean, it was Halloween, but I spent a whole day walking around the school. Like, I would just go into classrooms, and the kids would be excited. And, oh, my God, it's Batman. But when I ordered all this stuff, so I had the, uh, when I was hiking in the woods, I don't know if I ever told this, uh, but I got E. coli. Uh, I went and did a wilderness thing and almost got impaled by a tree drug into the river almost drowned in the river i mean it was three days in the woods that i acted a fool man i kept making mistakes because i'm just not i'm self-taught everything no fathers so i teach myself um and bumble around i would get lost all the time and have to find my way back to my campsite and even though like i mean the trails weren't that unmarked it was it was pretty easy to get around but there's tons of waterfalls and stuff in there so anyway I would, had run out of water that I had brought in for myself, and I had to bowl it out of the river. You know, if you bowl it for three minutes, I think, don't take me on that because I fucked up. Uh, you can drink it, and I didn't do it right. And so all that summer, I think it was summer, yeah, when we have to, uh, we have to pull all the furniture out of the classrooms, then strip and wax the floors to make it look shiny and brand new, and then you do the whole hallways and everything, the whole school, cafeteria, all that stuff. Um, so we were doing that, and I started like losing my appetite and feeling nauseous all the time. I couldn't eat anything like oatmeal, plain oatmeal was the only thing I could handle. And even then, it, like as soon as I ate it, I felt nauseous. So Lori was like, "Ah, there's nothing wrong with you, whatever." Blah 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 blah. And I I swore I was dying. I was like, something's fucked up. I got to go see some. So I started going to the doctor and, and figuring it out. And they were like, well, have you been hiking or anything? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Did you drink any of the water? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I went to the gastroenterologist. And I had, you know, they had to do the scope up my, down my throat, I think, endocrinologist. That way. They went that way. Not up my ass. But, so they did that. And, uh, yeah, E. coli. But it was the kind that it just has to work itself out. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not the lethal kind, I guess. I mean, I guess it would have been lethal if I didn't. I don't know. But it didn't kill me. So I lost a ton of weight. And then I put it right back on. It got really, really big. Like I was eating crap all the time. And then my joints started hurting. Like it got to where I couldn't lift the garbage cans anymore. Couldn't throw them into the thing. And I was getting close to 250 again, which is the fattest I've ever been in my life, back when I was drinking case a day every day. So, oh, sorry, got thirsty. Whew. Bet you don't like that. Anyway, oh, I still feel cruddy. What was I saying? God, I can't remember. Shoot. That's another thing. Been having gaps in my memory. I don't like it. Damn. So I was having all this pain in my joints and stuff. And I went on this crazy diet. Like, uh, first I got a shot in my elbow. It was my elbow that was fucking, man, it hurt so bad. All the time. Like, like in your bones or something, you know. So I went and they said I had, uh, like a or something on a tendon and they give me this shot me up or something I don't even cortisol or some shit like that I don't remember 
but it helped. But he was like, uh, you know, you kind of got warning signs for rheumatoid arthritis because I had like uh, eczema like in between my eyes and stuff. Um, and that's a sign of, of like uh, rheumatoid type or whatever, inflammation. That's what it is. It's a sign of inflammation. So I go uh, on this crazy diet, like no, no dairy, no bread, no uh, processed foods, nothing but fresh fruit and vegetables and lean meats. Like I was eating a lot of deer meat and stuff like that. The cafeteria lady that works at the at the school, her husband's a big hunter and he had all this meat, shit like that, and like only fish, no red meat, no. I mean it was I was really strict really strict uh started as like a mediterranean type diet but it evolved into i don't know where i was just only eating fresh fruit and vegetables and lean meats uh and i lost i got down to 145 pounds super freaking skinny like all my uh, my waist i was wearing a 28 pair of pants and where and normally I wear like a 36. Now I'm in a 38 because I'm fat again. But uh, hopefully I can remedy that. So anyway, went on that crazy diet and it was making me weak. Like uh, I couldn't lift the garbage cans again just because I was so small and frail. And like I could feel my, my shoulder blades protruding out of my back and stuff. Like, And I was getting paranoid like, oh no, what's, something else is wrong with me. This kind of shit. And this... This whole fear of death thing started coming over me. Uh, after the close call in the wilderness and, and a couple of things like that, Amelia almost fell off a cliff one time. We went to this place, and she slipped, and, I mean, her fingertips were holding her own. It was so scary. So scary. And, like, that's kind of when my anxiety and everything kicked in really bad, especially when, and also when James, you know, he cut his face open when he was a baby. He was one but he started walking early and he was running through target with this fake day of the dead candle and it man i was trying to catch him but i could i didn't make it fast enough for he, he took he grabbed it and just took off with it anyway so i became very overprotective of the children and super super paranoid about like home invasions i was listening to all these murder podcasts and stuff because like in the summertime when you're uh, really all the time at the school uh, I can't handle the din of the kids yelling and shit. Like, it really triggered my PTSD really bad. Uh, and I was getting, like, this buzzing in my head. Uh, it's like an electrical storm kind of thing, uh, which is a, a symptom of PTSD where you're just overstimulated and you can't handle all the input, and it was it just drives you nuts. And uh, I was having to wash dishes and stuff there. Sometimes it, it became a lot more common that I would have to wash the dishes and that really bugged me because I, I mean, I've done wash dishwasher a lot and there's no shame in it, but I felt like I had evolved beyond that point, you know. At the mission, I was doing like super skilled labor, but also super physical bullshit too. That they're you know like hauling all that furniture and shit, and it just made me crazy. So that's why I'd left there to go to the school, and now I'm just hauling furniture out every summer. Got to empty every classroom, and it's more. You know, like, I'm just getting too old. I can't lift that kind of shit. I mean, if I want to uh, be able to be active for the kids and stuff was kind of like my thinking. 
Um, so, let's see, what else happened? Um, this one day, so I'm in there washing dishes one day, and we everybody's got to have a radio on them because, like, if somebody, like, tries to kidnap a kid or some crazy shit like that happens, then me and, and the other guy that works at the school, we're the security, you know, we have to be the first line of defense, I guess. So, I'm washing dishes, and a teacher comes on, and there's like, we got a runner, we got a runner, this kid just hit me in the blah, blah, blah. And so they called for me and Drew, and I took off running out the front door, and I saw him walking down, and he had punched a teacher in the face. And another teacher was like, get back, blah, 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 you know, getting on to him. He's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I said, oh, shit, this is what I'm dealing with. I said, hey, man, you can't go down there. You know, like, it's fine if you don't want to go back in the building, but you can't go down there, which is not policy. But you got to say what you got to say to get the kid to not run out in the street. He goes, fuck you, too. And he started running. So I took off running. And I go and I grabbed his shoulder and he, he wheeled around and fucking pop and popped me right in the jaw, man. <laughs> he hit me hard, too. He was maybe nine. Uh, and I tried to grab him again, and uh, he tried to bite me. And he takes off running. I'm like, whoa. He, he went to kick me in the nuts. I jumped back and let him go. He took off running. And now he's heading for, like, the major uh, four-lane road, church road, which is very, very popular. I mean, cars never stop coming down through there. And I was like, oh, shit, this kid's going to get fucking run over. Or he's going to run off into the woods and we're not going to find him. Um, so I take off running, man, full blast. And I catch him again and grab him. And he starts trying to bite me again and all this kind of crazy shit. And then he finally just starts sobbing. And, like, lays down, sits down on the ground. And is like, I just don't want to go back in that place. And I don't like blah, blah, blah. You know, he was a, a foster kid. And I don't know. I had suspicions about the parents that were keeping him. I don't know. I never got a good vibe off of them. Uh, never saw the father, but the mother had a weirdness about her. I don't know. But I'm sitting there with the kid, and I've resolved the situation and everything, and then here comes the fucking cops coming in, just taking over and everything. I'm like, hey, fuck you, man. I dealt with this kid. He's fine. He'll go up there on his own. Like I said, let him walk up there on his own. And he wouldn't do it, and so they fucking drug him up there like assholes. They picked him up, carried him. I was surprised they didn't cuff him, man. I was like, you're just making this worse for that kid. But the crazy part about it is, when I'm chasing him, I was washing dishes, so I'm wearing like this leather face fucking, <laughs> you know, like apron, and running after this kid. And all these cars are going by on the road watching me grab him and try to, kind of, it looks like I'm trying to pull him into the woods and shit. <laughs> It's crazy. And I think that's how called the cops. Somebody going down the road. I don't know if the school probably did. I'm making that up. That's probably bullshit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, that's a crazy thing that happened around then. And uh, there was another incident where he tried to leave. And he was just sitting on the curb down there. And I came and sat next to him. Talked him down. We were getting along, you know, like, just, I was connecting with the kid. I mean, not my job, but I can relate a little bit, um, having the things I've been through. Uh, and then the same fucking thing. Here comes this fucking cop pulling up. Well, I've been talking to him. I'll handle this. Yeah, fuck you. Anyway. So, 
the Batman thing, you know, I started wearing the full costume and going to like cons and, and, and cosplaying and shit like that. But then, uh, it wasn't enough for me. Like I didn't like, I started putting weight back on cause I was, when I ordered all the shit, I was crazy skinny. And when I did the measurements, I was maybe 175 or something like that. But now I'm back up into like the twos. So the one time I'm wearing the costume, this I go to like maybe the second grade, no, first grade class. And this girl goes, Batman's not supposed to have a big belly like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I had a few too many pizzas, Alfred made some shit. You know? And I wouldn't shave my beard either. So everybody knew it was me anyway. I wasn't very good. I couldn't do it. I couldn't shave my beard. Um, so I kind of was like, I'm going to make it better. I started like building muscle suits and all this kind of crazy shit to make it look better, make me look beefier and all this. And I was putting like a girdle on and trying to be skinnier. And, uh, it was silly, man. I only, I only did it maybe one, once or twice with the full muscle suit. Uh, I still kept all this stuff. I sold the cape and boots and shit like that, but I kept the suit and the cowl. Because it's cool looking. Uh, but it was just crazy, man. Just doing wacky shit like that. And then I went on like a, a really bad uh, impulsive buying spree. Like buying uh, figures and shit. Batman and stuff. You know, uh, I'm fucking way too many on eBay. Because there was like an economic downturn. This before the pandemic started. But there was a previous one. Maybe when Trump took office. I can't remember shouldn't have said that name probably give me a flag <laughs> i doubt that that's just me being stupid um but uh i was getting these really good figures for low prices like people were desperate for money and stuff and i had it at the time uh but so i just was like over buying the shit out of them and after a while Lori got pretty pissed and <laughs> Uh, I think uh, around when the pandemic started, I started liquidating some of them, getting rid of some of them. I mean, it did pretty good, made a couple, maybe like fifteen hundred bucks off of them, because it had been a couple of years later, and they they only go up unless it's a you know a bullshit thing that you got. Um, uh, but I dove deep into comics again. I got really big into comics again. Uh, Catching up on all the storylines that I'd gotten behind on over the years, and there's some cool shit that started happening, like uh, the um, what the fuck, Scott Snyder's uh, death metal stuff was cool, and like the Batman who laughs, and all these alternate Bruce Waynes who were twisted and dark, and all this fucked up shit, um, which also led to me buying more toys, uh, and it was just a uh, I had to pull myself back from that. Ooh, there's a big pop right there. Sorry. I'm working on it, man. Trying to get better. I hope this one sounds better than the ones that did before. Uh, a lot of time's gone by. And I was just, during all that time, I was just constantly listening to podcasts and absorbing and absorbing and absorbing. And then uh, it was probably the same year. I was going to be the same age that Bill was when he died. And that was just freaking me the fuck out. Maybe for a whole year. I was losing it, man. I had to go back to counseling, uh, go to a psychiatrist, start getting back on meds. I had a nervous breakdown. Uh, 
it was a milder one that time uh, but it wasn't good uh, I just because I was so discontented with what I was doing for my day job I, I didn't like it anymore and I'd given up on the comedy thing I'd given up on doing this podcast stuff shut the website down uh, because money started getting tighter even though it was 20 bucks it was because I was just reckless spending on bullshit uh, we started you know and then also paying two kids to go to school like James was you know daycares 400 bucks a month for both for one kid and then Amelia's private school is 500 bucks a month then uh, once they both had gotten into school it was like 1100 for both of them to be there and man so before my son got in pre-k yeah I guess that's pandemic so that'll get us caught up to that there's a few other things that maybe went down I don't know yeah so let's just that's basically what went down I had a lot of mental struggles um, fear and anxiety and, and fear of death and, and all this kind of shit man and nothing was helping uh, I just couldn't get there couldn't get couldn't get mellowed out, mellowed out and I really think that abandoning this project that what what I really want to be doing with my life because uh, this is it's not just a uh, this is an extension of my fear of death uh, not afraid to die, afraid to leave my children without a father. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't care about dying or the other side. Or, you know, that's a new adventure. I'm not afraid of that. It's it's leaving them in a position maybe where they could end up like me. So that's that's my fear. So this is, you know, a lot of that just stems from I don't know the guy. Don't know what his mind was like, what he thought, what he was you know, are we very similar? You know, that kind of stuff. My mom tells me a lot of time that I am, especially my ambition. Uh, and I've ignored that ambition for years and years and years. So all these ideas, but I didn't know way to implement them, especially being a convicted felon and all that kind of shit. Um, but So whenever I get in that kind of position... I lean to Rollins, Henry Rollins. And anybody who's probably listening to this probably knows who that is. If there is anybody listening, hey. Uh, but I had a sh- he had a show coming up in Little Rock, and I hadn't seen him in since 2012, I guess. Um, that was the last time he was anywhere near me. So I wanted to go to that show, and I uh, – Used to, you could just hang out with him after you just wait for him to come back off the bus and he'll talk to everybody. Uh, But the last time I did that, I didn't get to say anything because this girl in front of me just monopolized about 15 minutes of his time and I didn't want to be rude. So I just took the picture and left and had him sign something. Well, he doesn't do that anymore. You have to uh, pay for a VIP kind of thing. And it's not that expensive, but I always support him no matter what because he's my ultimate father figure even though he's probably not a good one uh, as far as his uh, early adulthood and the way he behaved in black flag and stuff like that but his philosophies and his the way you can evolve you know like what you whatever you come in contact with and you can learn from it and evolve 
and and to be open to all new experiences uh, and to adjust your behavior based on your negative you know like fix your problems and that you know like I don't know he's just always been a guidepost for me uh, ever since I was maybe 17 18 that kind of stuff when I was really dark and, and drinking all the time and I, I kind of use him as like a key point to try to stay alive because I get real suicidal depressed and shit uh, and depression is something he dealt with but never suicidal oh you know I don't think so I've never I don't remember ever hearing him talk about it anyway he had this show coming up and that's when I was I had gotten really skinny and I think maybe that was part of the motivation because I was so fat when I bought the tickets that I was like I can't be this fat when I go see him uh and that it, that was part of it too and it, and so I look pretty good in the picture but really skinny and my arm I got this brace and stuff on my arm you can see where it had uh, that was when I had got that shot done and all that shit anyway he kind of helped to push me a little bit uh, that you know just I was obsessively listening to everything he had done and he had done so much more in that in the time that I had not been Listen, you know, I was just listening to the albums that he had recorded over the years, but podcasts had become a thing since the last time I had really been listening to him. And so there was a, this whole wealth of him being on all these different episodes, plus he had started doing one of his own with, with Heidi. So it just reinvigorated all that and helped me to, to focus better uh, and to get kind of back on the right track and uh, get my mind more settled. <clears throat> I think I'm getting close to the mic. <coughs> oh, excuse me. So, do go to the show, and I got there way. I, I'm such a nerd, man. I got there like eight hours early, and just had to sit around a little. And there ain't a lot to do in Little Rock downtown. Uh, it's pretty fucking. I mean, there's a nice park there, but you just sit there all day and chill. Uh, so the show was good and, and all that kind of stuff. And after that, I kind of decided that I was done with the school. And I was really, so I, but I was there for another year or two. I'd already made up my mind. I didn't want to work there anymore, but I just continued to stay because being a husband and a father, you got all these responsibilities. And so you have to continue on despite not liking what you're doing for a living uh at least then that was the way things were now that the pandemic's happened and the great resignation all this is going on and and i have so much more power uh as far as work goes um it gives me a lot more options now but then i was sick of it and then the the first kind of rumblings about the pandemic came and I saw the way things were going to be handled. Like, uh, the first time they were like, everybody stay six feet away. So I told Lori and I was like, y'all need to stay home and I'll do all the grocery shopping. So go to the grocery store and I know nobody will stay six feet away. They just fucking refused. So that's when I was like, all right, that's it. I'm not going to started wearing a respirator mask like you paint with and shit with the, the big ones and then goggles because then you know it kept coming out different things like uh you could get it through your eyes you can get it through your this you get you know like 
Uh, at least that's what I was looking at, infectious disease uh, stuff. You know, I was doing all this crazy research and about uh, what was happening, what was going on, and, and trying to stay three, four steps ahead, basically following, like, outbreak protocols kind of shit, like, like everybody at first when it when it became more serious because I wasn't listening to the bullshit about, no, nah, it's fine, well, you don't need nothing, don't wear a mask, all that, fuck that. I started wearing a mask right away. I wore that respirator, and I would wear it to work because the teachers kept coming in and out, of the, even though they did a shutdown of the school, like it was, you know, we didn't come back from spring break. But I had to go back to work. And the teachers wouldn't stay at the fucking house. They kept coming up there and not wearing a mask and not whatever. And, and I, we were having to disinfect everything. That's what we were doing at that time. We were just cleaning everything so so that it couldn't be in the school uh, when the kids eventually got to come back. Uh, but these fucking, man, they wouldn't stay out. And I, so I started getting more and more frustrated and like, just screaming it from the rafters because nobody was taking it serious except for Father Jack. You know, he was, he doesn't fuck around, man. He's very germaphobic. So, they just wouldn't do right. Nobody was listening. Nobody was paying attention. Everybody's fucking stupid, is my opinion at the time. I mean, still is now. All these motherfuckers are stupid. But fuck. I make stupid decisions. But I see patterns, and I see uh, I'm a scientist at heart, I guess, even though I lack the ability to articulate it or to, like, I can absorb the information and understand it, but I can't quite get it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't use it to my advantage for, for a career or something like that because I can't re-articulate it. <clears throat> but I do understand how it works so I think let's see what happened then so once I it was like clear that nobody was going to stay out of the building like they were supposed to I was like fuck it I'll just go work outside I can do a lot of my summer stuff it had warmed up by then uh, the kids weren't coming back for the rest of the year so I just went out there and like pressure washed every inch of concrete in the whole parking lot. I made the thing sparkle. Uh, and there, so that took maybe like a month. I was out there a long time. Every day I would just, I'd put the big respirator on, come in, clock in, go outside, start pressure washing. And, and it was nice, man. I enjoyed it. I got a lot of good sun and got a nice tan and thought, you know, it helped me to kind of clear my head a little bit. Just, uh, it's satisfying pressure washing, you know. <laughs> and uh, so it just uh, was a real kind of starting to become a turning point for me. Then I, fin I finally finished it. And I was like, well, I'm still not fucking going inside. Because, I mean, now it was like full blown. All the teachers were in the building and not fucking... Nobody's wearing a mask. Nobody's giving a fuck because there were no mandates and shit then. So I was like, fuck that, and went up on the hill. And there's a big fence line, you know. Uh, it's built in, the school is in like an old rock quarry kind of thing. So there's these levels to it. So you go up, there's a playground. Go up another level, there's a playground. Go up the third level, there's the soccer fields and stuff. 
and this kind of cold wooded area up there to chill and I'll go up there and smoke pot <laughs> all the time <laughs> so I was up there and I would uh, I was like well I'll clear this fence line it's, it had like vines and bullshit all through it and old tree you know tiny little saplings fucking the fence up it was pulling it down so I kind of cleared that area up started working on it and like by the second day I had this little bump on my on my forearm and I was like oh, it's poison oak because I was, was really allergic to it when I was a kid but I had kind of grown out of it as I became an adult so I would just uh, cover it I was like put like this uh, kind of thin windbreaker jacket on over it so it wouldn't spread. And then I just continued working. And I was, I mean, the it was a whole thing of like poison sumac. I think it was sumac. It wasn't poison oak or poison ivy. And the root of it was as big as a tree, small tree. And I was all up in it all day long i didn't know I'm, I'm terrible at that kind of shit i never recognized that stuff. i didn't pay attention in boy scouts when it comes to that i like love the woods but i never paid attention to that kind of shit i don't know i just recklessly bound through them i guess but it got fucking everywhere man and i was covered in these massive massive you know like water blister looking shit it's gross it's fucking gross but so I had to like cover myself in calamine. Uh, you know, it took off work for a long time, but wrap wrap everything in gauze and then just sit and couldn't move and couldn't. It was horrible, man, and I was in so uncomfortable. Uh, but I didn't scratch it. But it just had spread so much in that one day under that windbreaker and me sweating. My whole torso got covered, and then I was standing in it. Wearing shorts like a dumbass, man. Had shit all over me. It fucked me up. And like, weakened my immune system, all this kind of shit. And it was right during the pandemic, you know, like it, it was really kicking off, man. Fuckers were dying fast and you didn't know. Uh, you know, and they shut the nursing homes down and all that kind of shit. Uh, my stepdad died, went to his funeral. Um, and I wouldn't let Lori and the kids go anywhere. And I was I was a real prick in the beginning. I was like, we're not going to see anybody. Not going anywhere. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, but they didn't have symptoms. You know, like now it seems weird because they didn't have any symptoms. So they weren't sick. So we could have been okay. We could have been around each other. But you didn't know back then. Uh, so I was... See, that was in the summer when I got all that sumac and shit on me. And it really fucked me up, man. And I, school was coming back around. And I didn't want the kids to go back. I was so nervous about the kids going back. And, like, Lori's school had shut down. They were doing all virtual. They weren't fucking around. They were taking it serious. They handed laptops and free Wi-Fi out to everybody. And, and the teachers and stuff got computers and everything to take home. So nobody had to come to the building. And they just shut it down and taught from home like... Like a major city and everywhere else had been doing, but the you know DeSoto County schools and then were like fuck it, no mask mandates. We're going back wide open. First fucking man, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. 
And then that was when the election was coming up, and I was, I had to delete all my social media and stuff because I was getting deep, man. And the Black Lives Matter was happening. You know, I was so upset about George Floyd's. I've always been upset about the black, uh, uh, anybody getting killed by the cops, but especially the way they treat the brothers. But uh, I don't know, man. It was it was too much for me, so I deleted all that shit because it was making like I was living all this. Like, I was involved in it, and I wasn't. Uh, uh, it was rough, man. It was rough. So I got rid of all that shit trying to trying to stop that, trying to stop, like, another pending nervous breakdown, but nothing was going to stop it. It was coming. So school and the school the kids went to was going earlier than anybody. They were the first school to open up in America. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> it was nuts, man. No, uh, I think they did have a mask mandate for the school. Yeah, Father Jack probably insisted on that. But I was just, mm-mm. couldn't do it. I couldn't, for one, I didn't want myself to get sick because I'm the fucking janitor. I'm the one that's got to clean all this bullshit. And then two, I didn't want uh, the kids to get sick because we, you know, it was still unclear. Everybody, I mean, kids seemed to be okay. But nobody knew because they had shut everything down. So the kids hadn't been around each other. They didn't. We didn't know what would happen if you put all the kids in class. So I did have a nervous like it was fucking a big one. Had a total nervous breakdown and was like, I told Lori I was like, I need to go to the woods for a week to fix myself, kind of shit. And she started freaking out, man. And I was like, nah. And so eventually we whittled it down to I'm just going to go for one day and then come back. So I drive all the way to the wilderness. Uh, and I was just going to do this one. I was like, fuck it. I'll just do a hike and come back home. Pull up. Like I missed the, the, the parking area. So I had to go up, turn around, and come back. And so I was parking facing a different direction. And there was this sharp-ass rock sticking out of the ground. And it blew my tire out. It was fucked up, man. And I was already, like, hyper-stressed and all this kind of shit. And this was supposed to be my relaxation moment. And the fucking tire blew out. So I'm on gravel road, and it's on a steep hill. And I wasn't thinking. I was just like, got to fix this, got to fix this, got to fix this. So I get the tire off, or, you know, I get the spare down. uh, But it's a full tire, so it's not a spare tire. It's a full tire. So that was good, you know. Thank God for that, or well, whatever, because I don't believe in God. Shit. <laughs> I don't know why it's just like this stupid. I don't. There's something, but it ain't a God. Uh, it's probably all of it, you know, like just a universal consciousness kind of thing is what I think. Anyway, God, I rambled. I was uh, changing the tire, and I like I'm jacking the car up. I've got the nuts loosened and everything, and I'm right at this moment where I'm about to pull the tire off, and I finally kind of, like, come to my senses and look at what I'm doing, and I'm like, you're on this steep-ass hill. The jack looks like it's it's just a bottlenose jack, you know, so it looks like it's going to tip at any moment. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. So I put everything back together and just uh, roll on the flat tire down the hill to until I finally get to the levelest spot. Then I changed the tire. 
But I mean, I was right about to make a horrible mistake, and uh, like that whole fucker would have failed, and I wouldn't have ever been able to get out of there. I wouldn't have been able to get it back up. It could have potentially fallen on me. I, I mean, I didn't have my legs under or anything. I'm not stupid, but that was I was about to make a really stupid mistake. So didn't get to do the hike, change the tire, come back home, and I'm like. You know, we had agreed to keep the kids out, so I I did all this finagling at work. Like, I'll game the system. You know, I'm still manipulative and shit, and I can't. I try to use it for less evil gains, but they're not the best motive. So I was like, the way I can get paid and stay home with the kids is, I mean, I did have a nerve. It was legitimate, but it was also planned. So I was like, I'll get long-term disability because the pandemic is causing me to have, because of my PTSD and everything, it's causing me to have a nerve, you know, repeated nervous breakdowns. And if I keep going to work, it's just going to lead to more and more and more. And then I'll have to be put in an institution for a little bit to level off. So they agreed to that, and I stayed home for three months or so. Uh, but... After the first nine weeks, there were zero cases. Like, there had been a couple of cases at the school, but they had quarantined the whole class, and they were taking it serious. They were doing it right at first. So I was like, well, okay, kids can go back. But they wouldn't let them come back till the nine weeks was complete. And, like, everybody knows how horrible teaching the kids from home was, and so I don't even want to discuss that. But at the private school, it was even worse. There was no, like, instruction going on they were just assigning shit you know and amelia it was worse for her third grade teachers were lazy and shit and they're old they're ready to retire and they should have retired when the pandemic started but they didn't they fucking were like we'll ride it out one more year and they weren't tech savvy enough they weren't doing enough shit they weren't i mean it sucked so her grades were mm, she struggled to, to maintain because they just kept missing assignments and shit because it was just nothing but a bunch of bullshit homework shit. It wasn't education. And I was getting pissed. And I was like, started getting, you know, like more of a parent than a coworker toward the principal and shit and, and, like, and the teachers. And like, what are y'all doing? I need, I need better out of you for what I'm paying for. I need better. So started getting the idea that like we're wasting money doing this this is not good this sucks stop just put them in public school basically but the schools where we were we weren't comfortable putting our kids in i don't know i'm overprotective like i said uh i'm trying to get better but i can't help it uh, uh so it's, it's more like a education wasn't as quality is what I mean not like the kids there and shit I don't care about that That's, you know whatever life's life it's the it's the quality of the education that I was concerned about <clears throat> so they offer me like when my time's about to come up I was gonna take an extension because I didn't want to go back to work to the school I was like, I don't think I could do it, man. I don't think I could work at the school. And because also, because I was sick of being the janitor and I didn't want to clean up. 
during the fucking pandemic. I just didn't want to do it. So they're like, well, well, there's another position open down in this different department, the inserting department, which is just you run these machines and it's like junk mail for capitals or uh, thank you for your donation type shit, you know, or here's your tax statement. And uh, you run a machine that stuffs it into the envelope. It's pretty, pretty neat. It's fascinating. For a time it was anyway. So, transferred down there in like October. Started working there in October. And I was feeling a lot better. Uh, still having some issues. Um, but then Lori gets pregnant. Third kid. So, I was like, I can't do this anymore. We can't afford the private school and another daycare bill. So we got to find somewhere to live that's a better school district. And this was, I, I tell you, man, I see patterns. That's what I do. I should have been a businessman or some shit. You know, that's what Bill did. You know, he, he just had money to invest because of his family uh, and was smart about it. But also worked, I think he worked for regular jobs too. I don't know. I don't know shit about it. <clears throat> so, uh. It's an opportunity for growth, too, down there. There's Everybody's like, all the employees are in their 60s, and they're getting close to retiring, and the managers, and the everybody. So if I can get in that position, ride it out for a few years, everybody retires, I become the manager, then I can early retire. as Because, like, like, you get your retirement is your highest four paid years. <clears throat> and so I would never go any higher than I was as a maintenance man or a janitor or whatever the fuck you want to call it. As far as pay went. <clears throat> so my retirement would never be more than that. So I had to get into some kind of managerial position. And this was the only spot that I could get into. So they offered me the job just as a, you know, a floater kind of thing. And I master it pretty fast. Uh, within a month or two, I think. I had almost mastered it. Uh, and then also I'm technically savvy and that kind of stuff. So I start fixing them, working on them and shit. There's this lady there who was mean as the devil mean and everybody you know I had a reputation for that kind of shit but also the other people who worked there were very uh, vindictive toward her they all went to kindergarten like they all went to elementary school high school together and now they had been working together for 40 years so they hate each other's fucking guts it's like two versus one but the one is very mean <laughs> you know and like she'll Normally you get along, and then out of nowhere she just fucking. I don't think she cursed, but she would, man, she would let you have it. Uh, and me and her got into it a few times, maybe just once. I can't remember. She would be like fake friendly to you, and then if you did something to slight her, she then she would just go to eleven, and you know. And I don't take no shit, so we were button heads, and uh, there was this. Uh, I decided that we need a new house and all that kind of stuff. We got to move. Uh, the neighborhood was getting worse, and uh, we had this like uh, when they shut when the pandemic hit and they shut all the restaurants down. There's like a bunch of restaurants right outside the neighborhood that I'm in, and the main sewer drain or something runs behind there, so the rats 
once they didn't have that food source from the garbage cans at the restaurants and shit, started, like, filtering into the neighborhoods. And I had dogs, you know, and they they live outside, so, like, their food isn't attractive. And I already had issues with, like, possums and raccoons and all this kind of shit, squirrels getting in the attic and stuff. These, but one day, Lori's like, because we're home all day. And she's like, oh, my God. And there's, like, four big-ass fucking rats out there just eating the dog's food. like, And the dog is sleeping right next to the motherfucker, not even studying them. And then I was like, hit the glass, and they all took off running. And that's when she, oh, and she was freaking out, sniffing and all this kind of shit, trying to find her. Dumbass dog. So I said to start posting up with a pellet gun. I went and got a pellet gun, and I was post up in the window and, like, set dog food out. I bet I killed 15 of the fuckers. So I was like, that's enough. This is a straw. I, I'm done living in this fucking neighborhood. I can't take it anymore. And it was right when the housing market was, was on the climb, but it wasn't ridiculous yet. You know, you could still, you didn't have to crazy overbid to get a new house. And you could sell yours at a, a relative profit. But if I'd have held out just a little bit longer, man, I could have sold it for way more. But I, I, what, I was under deadline. I had to get the kids out of there and, and all that good shit. So we get that all going. Uh, I mean, the, we showed the house on Thanksgiving. And uh, the first people that saw it were the people who bought it. But they were very demanding. You know, they could, buyers could still be quite demanding then. Uh, <clears throat> it hadn't quite made the turn. So, like, they wanted all this kind of shit fixed that I had had. Of course, I had half-assed a lot of stuff. You know, I remodeled a lot of the house myself, but it was like a, a learn-as-you-go process. So there were a few uh, uh, cosmetic imperfections and shit like that I had to go back and fix. And it just kept, like, there were always something. There was all, you know, it's always another thing, another thing, another thing. And they were real strict at work about me taking off which was not a thing at the school. At the school, I could just be like, hey, man, I need to take the rest of the day off. And fucking, it didn't matter. Just whatever. I could leave whenever. It didn't matter. Or take off for as long as I needed to. No issue. But here, it was like, they denied me a day off, and I was fucking pissed. Because I had to, like, not only was I fixing everything, but I had to rent a storage unit to un to half-move everything uh, you know, like it's a, pro you know, I was like, I'm gonna move as much as I can move myself to the storage unit in the town where we're buying the house. <clears throat> then finish it up, you know, like shit. So I would need days off periodically to to do that. You know, like I'd be too exhausted if I worked all day to do all that moving and shit. Well, they weren't having any of it, and because they had been shorthanded for six months until I came along and they denied me one day and I was pissed 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 uh, I worked but I was so mad um, and it was probably then that I realized I'd made a mistake and I shouldn't have I should have left the whole company then like before I left the school I should have just never went back uh, but the, you know, like the great resignation and all that kind of stuff hadn't really started yet. And the, the, 
demand for workers and all that. I, I wasn't in a bargaining position yet. So things progressively got worse down at, in the in that department. Um, I was being influenced by the, uh, you know, like how the two didn't like the one, and I was spending more time with the two, and they were influencing my opinion of her and my opinion of my supervisor and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, well, they're just, they're making me kind of hate it here. Uh, so I pulled back a little bit from that and started, I was like, because he was so frustrated all the time. I was like, well, maybe I can befriend him and he'll, you know, it'll make the working environment easier. So I, I was like, I'll do that for a whole year. I said, I'll try to befriend him be the one he can talk to maybe it'll make the department better and everybody will kind of get along a little bit better but all that did was allow him to start being like even though they knew my because I, I would take off like I, I've been exposed I got to take off my realtor when we were shopping for a house they both got COVID uh, but we didn't get we all tested negative anyway uh, my grandmother died too that was another thing I never saw her again after the pandemic. Once it started, you know, uh, she was sick already. She had like a bad case of shingles or something. I can't remember. Uh, but it just took her down, man. She's already 94. Uh, but once they put her in her nursing home, it was maybe two weeks and she was dead. Uh, so I never saw her before that. But I did talk to her after I bought this house and everything. Yeah, that's right. So we ain't got there yet. Sorry. She died after the first of the year, uh, 2020. 2021 yeah <clears throat> so we uh found a, a really cool house man and it's got pool and all this kind of shit and we lost a bunch of bids um we bid on several places uh and lost them because uh we hadn't sold ours yet it was still pending the contract was still pending or something like that uh so it finally goes through and we're in this weird uh balancing act where we have to be out of our house like we put in the contract where they couldn't make us leave the house until we had closed on our home so we got a free contract and then we go to close and something happens and it's like business hours ended or something and it was new year's so we couldn't close on the house we had sold ours already but we couldn't close on the one we wanted to buy and then the sellers had already lost the contract so they were starting to get squirrely and oh my god, I was so nervous because I'd already moved most of the house into Olive Branch, and I was, yeah, it doesn't matter. Y'all know I'm in Olive Branch, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd already moved most of the house over here. So I'd be fucked, man, if it didn't go through. We would have to scramble and find a new place to live and all this kind of crazy shit. Man, I was freaking out, and I was like high stressed, high everything, and then I got all this pressure at work. Oh, it sucked, man. So, uh, it works out takes i mean it's fucked up but it did work out we got the new house everything's cool there's that big snowstorm all that stuff and the kids had a you know it was neat it was neat so we got to, to kind of be stuck in the new house for a little bit which was nice so we kind of we could unpack a little bit more uh, but it was hard because Lori was so pregnant she can't help <laughs> she's you know she's going through her own stuff it was wild. So we uh, kids finished school year out there, 
and then they come uh, to public school, uh, which is it's a good place and and seems to be going well. I mean, you know, the kid, I mean, she's already she's on the National Honor Society and all this kind of stuff. So I guess maybe the private school was a plus because uh, it, it kind of put her a little bit ahead of everybody so that when she jumped in now she had an advantage uh, James won't have that advantage uh, but he's super super smart so it won't matter anyway he's struggling a little bit like I did uh, just getting in trouble a lot but that's, that doesn't matter point is I kind of had all the things <clears throat> that you're supposed to want, you know. Uh, I lived a, a very non-traditional life for a long time. Uh, then I went the traditional route and, you know, I upgraded my house and I upgraded this and I got three kids and I got a, you know, whatever, uh, great life and a great wife and a great, uh, but I was still discontent. Uh, something was still wrong and like angry and, and it just keep getting worse and worse and worse and I was starting to worry about like CTE and kind of like all this kind of crazy shit man it keeps happening to me where I where I, Lori says I'm a hypochondriac but I don't think it's that I'm just eliminating possibilities like well is it this is it this is it that I'm trying to get to the root of it I'm sure it's it's psychological I mean, of course it is, but it, I just can't uh, overcome this idea that something's going to come sneaking out. You know, like if I don't keep getting checked out or maintain uh, doctor visits and all this kind of shit, that some sneaky thing's going to come out of nowhere that I could have prevented. You know, some cancer or some bullshit like that that could have been stopped 10 years ago, and then when I'm 55, I'm going to fucking drop dead or something. I don't know. Uh still in, haven't shaken that it's not as intense as it was but I think it was work life that I was so because I, I kind of liked it you know running the machines is okay and and uh, that kind of stuff but then there's boring things and then there's one machine that's very hard to run and it was hard on me and I never get a break from it and then there was more and more conflict with the other lady at work uh, she fucking died, man. She was, uh, I don't know what it was, but she got put, she just died a couple of days ago. And, and that's another push. Like, I keep seeing, like, I started noticing, like, somebody goes out, they're not replacing them. They're just whittling it down. So, I, I don't think that this is an opportunity for me to become a manager kind of running a department and make things better and like because I got ideas I don't want to just keep it going I want to make it better but there's no opportunity for that there what I see is a dead end it's I'm going to be last man standing they just need somebody out there to once it's shut down they need somebody there to take the machines apart and do the this and do the that and the Maybe there's a minimal printing or something they want done, so they wouldn't need somebody there to handle that kind of stuff. They're not going to replace it. They're just going to outsource it. That's, I mean, that's what they've been doing for 20 years. So that's what I start seeing is, is this is the future. Then 
supervisor is racist and he's anti-vaxxer, anti-masker, but knows my viewpoints and will still talk that shit. Like, just coming up to me and talking all this bullshit and, like, it, it's just downloaded from the fucking whatever right-wing shit he's listening to or Fox News or whatever it is. Or anywhere. He just... Some people are very easily manipulated. And I've been doing it to him for the whole year that I was working there. You know, like, I'm manipulating him. I pretend being his friend to try to make him in a better mood to try to make my work life easier. But it's not working. He's just getting worse. So, it all kind of comes to a head. He keeps coming to work sick all the time. And, like, every time they release a thing saying, like, here's what's going on with the va- with the virus, with the blah, blah, blah. Make sure you get vaccinated. And he's coming over, <laughs> talking that shit, you know. Uh, but you know how I feel. Why the fuck are you talking to me about it? But I can't really say anything because he's my supervisor. You know, what the fuck am I going to do? And, like, I had to, uh, I'm already coming in late every day because I have to stay with the kids and get them on the bus. Then I had to work. It takes me longer to get to work now. All this stuff, you know. When I was working at the school, it was still pretty close, even living here. But then I transferred, so now I got to drive, like, almost a whole hour. And that's what, like, traffic. And I drive this same road ever since I've been working there. Church Road. So back, you know, I used to have to go from Walls to Holly Springs or from Walls to Olive Branch or from Walls to some, you know, like, so I'm constantly on Church Road, back and forth, back and forth. Then when I'm working at the school, that's my way to get to work. Then when I live in Olive Branch, now that's my way to get to work. So I've just been driving this same rut for 10 years, man. And it's like, it just kind of hit me one day. Because I was, there was ruts in the road because, I, like, the population in DeSoto County has increased ridiculously, especially after the election and everything. I think a bunch of people who were like, fuck this, we'll go down to the racist south where we can, you know. So that's where this influx of people, you know. And it went everywhere. People were moving everywhere. It's just what's happening right now. Uh, but we got a huge influx of people. And so I'm driving in, like, just packed in traffic. Like it's a fucking, uh, I don't know, it's nuts. It's still moving, but it's every day. It's the same. The cars never stop. And I'm like, it's grooving ruts in the road, and I start noticing it, and I'm like, fuck, man, how much of that is my responsibility? How much of these grooves in this road have I put in it? Because I drive this fucker so much. And it's just, a you know, like a, a physical, not even, not a metaphor, a literal uh, what would you call it? I don't even know. Fuck. I can't think of the word. Representation of of my life at this point. Uh, you know, at home and everything's great. I love all of that. The family life part is amazing. But my negative work life is coming home with me. And it's starting to impact everything. So I'm... I'm, I'm for a while now I just can't take it man I'm right on the edge right on the edge um, of you know making a career jump not not the edge of anything crazy I'm talking about I want to be full time author comedian doing telling stories and doing this kind of shit because 
It's compelling. Oh, the last push. So the last push was uh, Ryan Sickler is this comedian. Uh, he's on. He's got a podcast called The Honeydew. Uh, and him and Tom Segura are friends, and that's where I found him because I'm a, I'm a mommy. Uh, Mom's house, Tom Segura, Christina P., check it out. If you don't listen, it's, I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you need to be kind of dark to like it, but it's great. Anyway, uh, he was on there, and his story is kind of close. Not the same, but, like, he's not an alcoholic or anything, but deaths in his early life and, and stuff like that that really impacted him, abandoned by uh, a parent and just a lot of that kind of I can relate to him. So he does this podcast where it's comedians and, and, and friends of his come on and just tell like either horrible life stories or just embarrassing moments and stuff like that. And he calls it the honeydew because nobody likes the honeydew. The honeydew always gets thrown away. It's a perfectly good fruit, fruit but why are you throwing it away just like him like or like me? It's perfectly good. Why'd you throw it away? And that's how I'd always kind of felt thrown away a little bit because of being abandoned by two fathers. Fuckers. I swear. Anyway. God damn, I say anyway too much. Sorry. That's what this is for, though. I'm trying to fix this. But y'all are going to have to ride it out with me. Because <laughs> I want it to be raw. You know, this is a raw thing. I try to be as vulnerable as possible. And that's kind of my shtick. It's just who I am. The guy, the push is, uh, you can be, a, he has a Patreon version called The Honeydew With Y'all. And you can submit your story. And if, it, if they pick you, you get to come on. Well, I get picked. And I go on and I fucking killed it, man. That dude was rolling. Now, I could be over-exaggerated for the podcast, you know what I'm saying? To get Because his laugh is, is ridiculous. And people like it. Uh, so he could be that too. But he was genuine, genuinely laughing at a lot of stuff. Uh, so it kind of gave me this idea that, hey, man, that's that's proof of concept that I am funny. If I can make comedians laugh, I mean, that's how you get, you know, a little bit like the mob, that's how you get made. You know, like, if you can make the comedians laugh, they'll bring you in just because they want to laugh. You know, like, you can be their opener just because they think you're funny. Fuck everybody else. <clears throat> but everybody thinks I'm funny. And my neighbor and and, and that kind of stuff, they were uh, real supportive. Uh, you know, he thought the podcast was funny. Uh, and he's like, man, you ought to be doing this for a living. Why are you wasting your life doing, you know, bullshit? You know, he had made the jump out of banking and stuff to, to do it from home. And his wife worked from home. And a lot of people had, had done that. And then my kind of serendipitously throughout this year that I've been working down there uh, in the production department I had been contacted by the expungement project and they're uh, expunging the records of nonviolent offenders trying to get our rights back and stuff like that and they contacted me and it was like 700 bucks I thought it was a scam at first they just called me at work I'm like running the machine and they're like hey this is so and so and blah 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 I think I had sent an email at some point but I, it was it been a long time ago, and they were just now getting in contact with me. Uh, so I went through the process. It took a while. It took about eight or nine months, maybe the whole year while I was working there. Probably, I don't know, shit just happened. 
to me. Uh, it all kind of falls into place for me. Even the bad mistakes kind of lead me to the right spots. Um, so my record got expunged. I'm no longer a convicted felon. I have no pending charges. I have no nothing. Uh, and I did that podcast, and then I was like, well, now nothing's really holding me back other than I got to have money and I got to have insurance. So the insurance part is handled, and now the money part's been handled. Uh, the next part is just to take the leap. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on. A little bit caught up. Uh, hopefully you'll be hearing from me some more. Um, go check out my website, feloniousmitch.com. You can email me at feloniousmitch at gmail.com. Or you can go to my YouTube. I uh, just got the DUIs up there right now, but it just search Felonious Mitch and it'll come up. Uh, my honeydew is called the Honeydew with Y'all. Go on Patreon and just look that up. Uh, and my episode is number 85. It costs five bucks if you want to. You get all the episodes, it's five bucks a month. But if you pay for a whole year, it's like um, you save a bunch or something. Uh, but they're really good and they're compelling. The, the, uh, all the podcasts are very compelling on the Honeydew. I like them and funny. Some of them are pretty freaking hilarious. Uh, but if you'd like to listen to that, you can go on there and pay the five bucks or whatever. Uh, I appreciate any kind of feedback anybody out there wants to give me. Uh, except negative. I mean, I'll take it, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> anyway. That is the next, I don't even remember what number, I think it's eight. Too tough to die. Glad to be back.